delivers from bondage, and uh, we're thankful for that. You know, sometimes it really, uh, God loves to do things in such a way at times, two things, they can either be missed, right, or they can be so obvious that you can't do anything but direct glory to Him. And I'll tell you, it takes a, it takes a spiritual life, it takes somebody walking with the Lord uh, in tune with the Holy Spirit of God to see the things that everybody else misses. You ever notice somebody and they just, I'm telling you, they just have a, they have a spirit about them and it can be like one of the, a really bad event. And they're not being, they're not being silly or they're not being, you know, uh, religious. They mean it. They're, they see God in all of it and they say, wow, it's amazing what the Lord did here. And you're going, really? That didn't look so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you think, well, boy, I, maybe I need to check me. You know, well, how did I miss that? And uh, today, though, God's going to do things uh, uh, in, in the deliverance of Israel. Now realize, aren't you glad that God knows our frame? Aren't you glad that God knows, but we're, we're but dust, the Bible says. And uh, he understands this. Here's the children of Israel. They've been there 430 years. They've known nothing but this Egyptian idolatry and paganism. They have immersed into the culture there. Actually, they, when, when, uh, when Moses... Uh, when Moses heads to the backside of the desert and meets his uh, future wife there and then his father-in-law, they, what do they say? Well, some Egyptian came and helped us. Why would they say that? Well, he looked like one. He looked, he looked and dressed like one. Yeah, that wasn't the right button. So, uh, <laughs> and here I thought it was working just fine. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, whoa, that's up. Um, so, uh, so here they are immersed in this culture, right? They haven't really seen the hand of God for 400 years. They haven't seen, they've learned, obviously, there's things that they were being taught and teaching one another. Obviously, Moses knew who his family was and what, that, what it was all about there. His parents had taught him there. And uh, so anyway, uh, God understands this. He knows this. And sometimes he comes in some people's lives in such a, such a great and miraculous way because they need it. Right? Especially when you're a new Christian. I'm telling you, it's like, well, where'd all, the, where'd all this stuff go? And where'd all this greatness? Well, hold on. Maybe you've matured past that in your relationship with Christ, and you don't need the fireworks going off all the time. Right? Yeah. I mean, aren't, don't relationships work that way? I mean, the, the longer you get in them and the deeper you get into the relationship, you just don't necessarily need all of that extra stuff like you once did. God knows that, and here he is. He's, and so sometimes he delivers us. He delivers us in ways that, that you could miss if you're not careful. But today in the text, he's going to deliver Israel in such an incredible way. There's no way but to turn to the God of heaven and say, Wow, this is the only way this happened. And he still does that all throughout periods of our life, and we're thankful for that. And uh, when he's getting ready to bring us through an area that we've never been before, uh, a time in life maybe we've never passed before, and uh, he shows up in a miraculous way, and we go, wow, that is incredible, just incredible. And he's going to do that today, Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. The judgment on Egypt is complete. The firstborn of every household of the Egyptians have, have died. Uh, Mo, uh, uh, Pharaoh has told him to get out and just take everything and go, right? We know that. And uh, so they're, they're going to start their journey, their journey out of bondage. 
their journey out of bondage. And we saw last week, you know, the the declaration of God and and we saw the direction of the of a providential God. And one of the ways that we see the direction of God, the providential hand of God in the direction of their life is the unique route that they took. Remember God said, I don't want you to go on up the King's Highway. I don't want you going up that road that you'd get there in just maybe days, maybe weeks, you know, because I know what's there. And if you encounter that right off, oh no, maybe on in your relationship, maybe on in your walk with Christ, maybe when you've been walking in obedience to Christ for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you could handle that route, but you couldn't handle it now. And it is, it is just the providential hand of God, right? He knows what is, the eternal God knows what's in front of us. I, I come to this realization over and over and over again. It's brought back to me so many times. Just just this week, trying to get out of Louisiana and, and coming quickly, quicklier than I have done in the past, but coming quickly to the realization, God knows, God allowed this. I don't know what God is doing. I don't know what he's protected from. I don't know what he's stopped me from. I don't know what he's turned me around from. I don't know, but he, he has. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll just, we'll be fine. This is wonderful. Well, you know, right? A man's heart devises the way, but the Lord directs his steps. Amen. And we can look at things in life and go, oh, this is, I had it all planned out. Right? How many vacations have been ruined because you had it planned out before you started? And it just didn't, you could have, if you had to plan it out, you'd have had the greatest time in the world. But you had it all planned out in your head and it didn't work out just right. And you're like, that was terrible. That was, that was awful. Right? Right, 85% of the things we worry about never come to pass. That's a good. That's a, that's an accurate. That's an accurate uh, um, statistic there. And uh, but God knows what He's doing. We come to a place in our life when we trust Him. We trust Him. He, right. He He knows the route that we need to take in life. And listen, your route is not everybody else's route. Because God knows you. We're individual. You know, we, listen, we, we have a God who deals with us individually. We, we don't have a collective God. We don't have a God that just deals with them like, like Islam. It's, there's, no, there's no personal relationship with the God of Islam who doesn't exist, but, which is why there's no personal relationship there. But there's no personal relationship there, right? It's, it's, it's all of the religions of the world are on this, on this mass collective scale. But the God of the Bible, the, the creator God, our creator, Jehovah God, deals with us individually. And we're all different. And that's how you say it, different. Right? Helping the bonds out here, they're not following this. Yeah, they're different. We're all, we're all backwards, right? We're all messed up. We're all, we all have different things about us, right, Brother Jim? Me and you, we're different. Yeah, we are. Absolutely, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and I tell you what, God knows that, right? So don't look at somebody else's life and go, "Well, my goodness, look at that. That looks easy," right? Yeah. Careful, God. Is God in control or is He not? Everybody, listen. You have a different road. It's the same. It's the same God, but so many times there's a different route that God brings us on. And God led Israel on a specific route, His way, to the promised land. Now, how did they get messed up? Well, they didn't believe. They would have been there a lot earlier than 40 years, right? It just would have been a different way than God intended. And so here He is. He brought them up that different way. He brought them a different route. It was a very unique type of guidance through the wilderness. 
It was a guidance that nobody had really seen before. It was a guidance that nobody had, had dealt with before. Look at chapter 13. Here we are in our text. Look at verse 21 and 22. And the Lord went before them and a pillar of, and, and, uh, before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So here, here was the unique guidance that God used. It was physical. It was visible. They saw it all day long. They saw it all night long. You talk about the great nightlight, huh? You know, I don't know if you, how you were when you were kids, if you had to have a nightlight or anything like that. I would tell you what, Israel had a nightlight. I wonder if, remember, how many remember the day, Micah, do you remember when the, when the TV would go off at 11 or 12 and that little, the little stripes would come and every, I mean, it like, the world went to sleep. Remember the days when the world went to sleep? No, he doesn't. Okay. And uh, so I wonder if like midnight came and God shut the fire off. It's like, okay, we'll go to sleep. (laughs) Probably not. said by day and by night. They woke up in the morning and there's that cloud. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. He guided them this way, the cloud. Exodus chapter 40, listen to this, verse 34 and 35. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Listen to this, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2. We're talking about a fire now. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. So by day and by night, there was always a pillar of of a cloud in the day. There was always a pillar of fire by night. What What was that what they got to see on a daily basis? It was the presence of God. Right? It was the cloud that filled the, tab- the, the tabernacle that they couldn't even enter in. It was the fire that uh, appeared to, to Moses in that burning bush. It was the presence. It was the presence of God. He was always there, right? And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. He is always there. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We might look at this this morning, but I think of even Adam, even Adam and Eve in their sin that God came to them in the cool of the day in the time of their sin and did not leave them all night alone. We'll, we'll look at that later maybe. It's a, it's, an, it's, a, it's, an, it's a wonderful thing that we serve a present God. He is ever present. He is, he is the eternal now. Catch that. He is the eternal now. He is always with us. He was never once was. He is never going to be. He is always right now. And we, that is the God that we, that we serve. That is the God that we follow. That is the God that leads us and directs us. The same God that led Israel out of their bondage is the same God who is leading us out of our bondage. You know what's greater than a pillar of fire by, uh, by night and a pillar of cloud by day? You know what we're led with? The very indwelling Spirit of God. Jesus himself by his Holy Spirit moved into our physical bodies. The day we got saved, right? I remember reading, how, how, how often have you read the event of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus? And uh, they were going along the road and Jesus showed up. It was after the resurrection and he's chatting away and they didn't even know it was him, right? And then he goes on and, and he begins to expound to them the scriptures beginning with Moses. It says concerning himself 
And I thought, wow, could you imagine that? I'm thinking, I would love to sit down with Jesus and just have him explain himself from Genesis all the way to Revelation, right? And the Bible says when he, 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 they, they, their eyes were open, they realized it was him. And he said, he went out from their presence. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us, right? I were thinking, wow, wouldn't that be great? You know what the Holy Spirit of God told me? Yeah, it's better than that. He's in you. <laughs> he's, he has promised to guide us into all truth. Right? The pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. It's awesome. It's a wonderful thing. And it is a picture of the presence of God. And we have the very same presence today. Hebrews 13, 5. And he says this, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Why? What is, what is following the colon right there? contentment how how do we come to a place of contentment for he hath said i will never leave thee nor forsake thee hey when you find your play in yourself in places of discontent hey when you find your play your your your, your life in an area of of discontent it's because you have left the realization and the promise that he'll never leave you nor forsake you Contentment, watch, contentment is connected to trust. Discontent, you're discontent because you're not trusting. That's where discontentment comes in, right? We're not without a guide today, amen? We have the indwelling spirit of God who lives within uh, Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It shows me where I am presently and it shows me where to go uh, in the path up ahead of me john 16 13 how be it he when the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself can i tell you something i know this is a biblically mature crowd in here this morning but the holy spirit of god doesn't bring glory to himself be careful of the ministries that all they are is a ministry about the Holy Spirit. It's not his job. He brings, he brings us to the Lord Jesus Christ. These churches, they have the doves everywhere and the flaming doves coming down and everything's about the miracles and everything's about the Holy Spirit of God. And it's like, hold on a minute. If, if that's not even the role that he has, how can that be him? What's going on in there? It's not what he does. He brings people the Lord Jesus Christ. He leads them. He says, he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. We're talking about the unique guidance of God. What a unique thing that God has done today. That he, those that put their faith and trust in him, that very moment, something greater than the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, but he himself moves in. And he's guiding us. He's guiding us into all truth. He's leading us. Very unique, right? It is, a unique, it is definitely a unique path. The declaration of a holy God, the direction of a providential God, how he directs us in his providence. But number three here, I want you to see something else as we move along. Exodus chapter 14, the deliverance of a mighty God. Well, I tell you, like I said, to start out, God just does things some ways. And it's, uh, there's no other way to explain it, right? 
Exodus 14, look at verse 15 and 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Go forward. Right? Do you realize we know this? There's no, when you look at the, the, the army of the, uh, uh, for the warfare of the Christian, there is, there is, there is no, there is no protection for our back. There is no armor for the back. It's only on the front. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the helmet of salvation. It's the sword of the spirit. It's being shod with the, the feet of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hey, it is all, it, listen, it's all armor is on the, on the front. There is no armor for running away. Yeah, it's always moving forward, going forward. If you're not going forward, you're going backward. And I'm telling you, when you're going backward, when you ought to be going forward, you're going to get an arrow in the back, friend. Because Satan isn't a fair fighter. He's not like, oh, I'll wait till he turns around. Right? I'm going to be a man about this. I'm going to look him square in the eye. No, no, he's a slime ball. He will take every advantage and, and just uh, ax you whenever he can. So how, how do you, the, the best way to defeat him is look, go forward, not backward. He said, go forward, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel so go, shall go on dry ground <clears throat> Through the midst of the sea. Now, this was a very specific promise that God gave them. He told them, you're going to go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. How many have been to the ocean? Right. Has anybody never been to the ocean? Micah? Really? Okay. It's incredible. I mean, as you, sometimes you'll crest a hill and you'll, I mean, all of a sudden the trees are gone. It's, you can tell you're getting close and it's all sky and you crest that hill and all of a sudden it's just water as far as you can see it's pretty intimidating it's pretty incredible even if you went to the great lakes right it looks like an ocean it's just huge it's absolutely huge okay <laughs> here they come they've left egypt they've come over they're they're they're, they're they've uh getting ready to go over and all around them is is this a mountain range on either side of them, the Red Sea in front of them, and the Egyptian army behind them. Friend, they're hemmed in. They're not going anywhere. And you know what God says? <laughs> this is going to be awesome. You know what we say? This isn't good. All right? This is not good. And, uh, and, and in the human realm, no, it's not good. It looks like defeat. And, uh, and so... God says, hey, why are you crying unto me? Why are you belly aching at me? Go forward. Well, there's an ocean in front of us. You'll go through in the midst of it. The midst of it, not, not, not over it like Noah's Ark, okay? You're going to go right, right through the midst of it on dry ground. He gave the promise. So watch, their, the, their faith that they had was not blind faith. The world loves to say, oh, you're just, you're, all, you're just all about blind faith. No, we're not. We move according Now, some people do operate in blind faith and they call it the call it God told me to do this and you're going through your Bible going that's interesting really I'm not finding this anywhere in principle or in word I'm not finding this anywhere right no that that, that's blind faith we don't do that We, we listen we live our life by what God says that is the faith life by what thus saith the Lord we 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 make the choices in our life we Make the decisions to go forward based on what God said. And God said here, you're going to go forward on dry ground in the midst, in the midst of the sea. Pretty dangerous place they're in. It really is. Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 and 9, the children of Israel are right there, as I said, as I just described. 
the ocean in front of them, the Red Sea in front of them, <clears throat> mountains on either side of them, lookout posts, Egyptian lookout posts would have seen them coming, and that army coming right up behind them. Yep. W.A. Criswell said, They turned due south, went down south until they could not go any further. Down beyond them was impassable mountain range, Bel Zephon. To the side of them were limitless wastes of sand. To the north of them, there, where they had come, there is the land of Egypt. And in front of them was the Red Sea. Yeah. Seems pretty impossible. Yeah. No, there was no way the children of Israel could have manipulated themselves out of this situation. There was no way they could have worked themselves out this situation. The only way, humanly speaking, it could have worked for them if they had turned around to that Egyptian army and said, Okay, we'll go back. We'll go back to bondage. Yeah. Their, only, their only possible way to have the bondage was God. Yeah. Sadly, some people at that point of faith do go back to bondage. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll look at that here in a little bit. But the people, hey, listen, the people weren't really cracked up about this. They didn't think it was that great, <laughs> right? In Exodus chapter 14, look at verses 10 and 12. <clears throat> and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. Yeah, makes sense. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? <clears throat> Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Wow. It's a bad deal. So here they're trapped. You know what happens when we get trapped? Fear. Anger. Retaliation. Kind of like when you get a dog cornered, you know. Get a snake cornered. Yeah, they start getting ready, right? Any type of a wild animal, you get them cornered. They don't like that. They'll, so what they, they'll, start, they'll start fighting back. They'll start whatever they do. That didn't look very intimidating, but I, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know an ape has like ten times the strength of a human? Ten times. An ape could pick you up and literally throw you, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, 25 to 25 feet. Pretty scary. Get one of them dudes cornered, see what happens to you. Right. <laughs> a lion, I mean, a polar bear, you're dead. I mean, you're just, you're just lunch. Uh, no, no, they, they get scared and they return. No, people do this too, friend. People get cornered, people get scared, people get places in life, and they start lashing out at those around them because it's a protective device. And, and don't always get to, <clears throat> when people are always lashing out at everybody, listen, there's something wrong there. There's a fear going on. There's something that uh, they're, 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 uh, they feel trapped about. But watch, when we notice we're getting there, okay, we need to turn to God. We need to realize Okay, you've allowed this. You've led us here. No, God led them here, right? God brought them here. Now, they're blaming Moses because that's the only human representation they have of God. So they're going after Moses 
And uh, people do that as two. They go after the ones who are doing the leading, right? Listen, when, we, listen, when you feel trapped, you're going to make some of the worst decisions of your life. Don't make decisions when you feel trapped. Don't make decisions when you feel like you're backed up in the wall. Don't make decisions when you're at the height of emotion, the height of fear, the height of, of like, oh no, this is bad. Don't make decisions there. That's what a lot of people make decisions. And listen, if they had had their way, they would have just gone back to Egypt. Why? Because of fear. Yeah. We shouldn't do that. They would have gone back to being slaves. They'd have been gone back to being mistreated. They would have got, I mean, isn't it crazy some of the things, the old life that people go back to, God delivers them from, and they get into a bad place in their Christian life, and, and it's like, poof, they go back. There they are. They're at the bar. There they are. Back to the alcohol. There they are. Back to whatever. Right? Fill in the blank. Because of fear. Yeah, it's sad. Might have been, listen, you... Most likely you are right at a precipice. You're right at the edge of faith. And if you had gone, far, if you had gone through and, and just gone through in obedience, you would have seen God show up in a mighty and a miraculous way. But you went back to the old. Yeah. There's a young boy who uh, was in the kitchen and his mother asked him to go into the pantry to get a, can of tomatoes for supper and uh, he didn't want to go he was kind of scared of going he didn't like the pantry I guess was kind of dark he didn't want to go alone and uh, he said I'm scared right and she says well you can you just go on in there go get it real quick you can get it and uh, he said no I don't want to and he kind of went back and forth and and uh, finally finally she's going to encourage him she said listen you'll be fine Jesus will be there with you you'll be fine so he went into the pantry kind of hesitatingly and kind of opened the door, kind of peeked inside. He was kind of scared. And uh, he started to leave. He was, he, was about, he, was about to, he was about to give up and just leave. And all of a sudden he had this idea. He said, uh, Jesus, if you're in there, could you hand me that can of tomatoes? <laughs> yeah. Fear. See, the, uh, the Israelites didn't only question God. They questioned the leader that God had given them. Look what they said. Are you trying to kill us? Yes. He, yeah, he's, he's a brainchild. He got you. He did all of these miracles all on his own, the ten plagues. All of these firstborn of the, of, the, of the children of Egypt are dead now. They went out with all of this stuff, right, with, with a high hand after 400 years of bondage and slavery. And uh, yes, yes, he just brought you out here to kill him because he's really that good at doing what he has done. No, this is how crazy we get when we get backed into a corner in fear. We forget, we, we can't, we, we, it's like everything shuts off that God has already done to get us here. It's like, oh, did you not forget that he did this and he did this and he did this and he did that and he did this to get you here? And we just like shut it off. And we're like, we're just going to die and it's your fault. Right? And uh, yeah, yeah, Moses is that good. He's that good. Yeah. Listen to what Warren Worsby says. I like Worsby. These verses introduce the disappointing pattern 
of Israel's behavior during their march from Egypt to Canaan. As long as everything was going well, they usually obeyed the Lord and Moses and made progress. But if there is any trial or discomfort in their circumstances, they immediately began to complain to Moses and to the Lord and asked to go back to Egypt. Listen to me. In the height of emotion, I'm going to say it again, in the height of fear, in the height of questions, in the height of doubt, don't go back to Egypt. Don't do it. Go forward. This is what God's saying here. Go forward. You, you have a choice at every step of your life. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life today. But I guarantee everybody in here has a, has a choice in front of them today to go forward. Go for you're either gonna you, you've made some progress, God has brought you into some maybe it's some biblical truth that you have applied to your life. Maybe there's some principle that God has been working on you on and, and saying you need to get this out of your life, or you need to add this to your life, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to trust me here. And you've stepped out by faith and you're moving forward. You've stepped out of Egypt, you're going forward with God, and all of a sudden something has come as a wall in front of it. And the first thing you want to do, the first thing. They just say, ah, let me go back to what I was familiar with. I'll go back to what was familiar, right? No, when you come to these places in life, you push forward. You don't go back to Egypt. You don't go back to the paganism. You don't go back to the sin. You, you, you You don't go back to trusting the world. You don't go back to any of that. You go... Forward. It's such an important principle that we have to live by, that we have to be reminded of on a daily basis. When we're going through difficulty, we're going to go through difficulty, friend. God brings us through difficulty, right? When I am tried, I shall come forth as gold, Job said. He understood this was a trying hand of God. It was the testing of God. You are going to go through testing periods of your life that are going to be difficult. Right? Don't make bad decisions. Yeah. I've heard it say, said this way. I, I like this. Don't doubt in the dark what God has already told you in the light. Don't doubt in the dark what God has already told you in the light. I'm telling you, when you're, when you're in a place with God and the, the Word of God is coming alive and God is showing you and teaching you and training you and, and He's bringing change into your life to be more Christ-like, and I'm telling you, you are convinced at that time, you know this is of God and it's exciting, it's wonderful, and it's like inevitable. Something bad comes into life and it's like, well, I don't know, was that really of God? Well, I don't know, God really, boy, maybe that really, maybe, you know, I made the right decision and I, I started giving and I started tithing and all of a sudden I lost my job. Was that really of God? Yeah, it was. Just keep moving. Yeah, he's testing. Yeah. Why would he do that? To make you better. To make you more like Christ. To get the impurities out of your life. No, you'll find, hey, you know what you'll find out? When you start giving and the job goes away sometimes, sometimes you'll start to realize, God will begin to reveal to you your motive behind giving. That's a, sometimes that can be quite a, quite a revelation, huh? Yeah. What your heart in giving really was. And whether you're going to trust Him and give out of love, regardless of where you are, or if you're just giving for some ulterior motive to get. 
And aren't you glad God, God, you can't outgive God? But I'm telling you, friend, our motive, our heart needs to be right in giving too. Both needs to be right. Yeah. I like this. You know, what, you know what Moses said in this scenario here? Look at 13 and 14. Chapter 14, look at verse 13 and 14. Moses said unto the people, Fear you not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he, shall, uh, which he will show unto you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and, he shall hold, and ye shall hold your peace. You know, God, Moses didn't know God's specific plan. At the, when, when Moses made these statements, this statement to the children of Israel, when he made this emphatic statement that ye shall see the, the, the salvation of the Lord, that God is going to fight for you, Moses did not know God's specific plan. But he did know God. And that's all he needed to know. No, don't brush over that. Don't brush over that. If you know God, you don't necessarily need to know the plan. You just need to know Him. And it was from a heart of faith, it was from a heart of trust that, he, that Moses guaranteed the Israelites that God would come through. Absolutely. Stand still, he said. Stand still. Zip it. Hush. But... You ever have kids get all bent out of shape because they're all f- afraid of, you know, who knows what? And you're just, it's a, stop. It's okay. Right? But we're out of milk. Oh, yeah, I, it's okay. We'll get more. Yeah. You know, we chuckle at some of the things that kids get all worried about. And as an adult, you're like, <laughs> yeah. We do the same thing to God, though. No, the God who spoke it all into existence, we go, <gasps> God's like, it's just, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Difficulty. Stand still. Yeah. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't run backward. Keep facing forward and wait, wait on God. What are some, hey, what are some areas in your life that you're prone to doubt God in? What's one of the biggest ones? What it seems the one that just kind of marks your entire life from, from the time you uh, just kind of start out in adulthood to the day you, you know, get put in a box in the ground? I mean, even, even up to that time, what, 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 I mean, think, what is it, Brother Alan? What is one of the biggest things that we struggle with God that we're prone to doubt God's ability? You know what it is. <laughs> Has anybody ever, anybody ever struggled in finances? I'm telling you, from the day you're about to be put in the box, you're like, boy, I don't know how we're going to pay for this box. That's a nice box, you know. <laughs> Maybe we ought to get a cheaper box, right? Maybe this one's too much, right? Uh, yeah. There's somebody out there, they make just plain old pine box. Man, I, where, what funeral? Oh, uh, the, the funeral in Aurora a while back. Beautiful, just a plain pine box. Man, was that beautiful. I said, that's what I want my coffin to look like. Just beautiful wood, unpainted, and I bet it was cheap. And so, <laughs> but we do, I mean, isn't that one of the biggest challenges in our life where we, got, we doubt God's ability 
in our finances, right? It's an amazing thing. Yeah. How often has God reassured you? I, it's okay. I can, I can take care of this. How many have watched God come through in finances in a way that didn't even include money? And you watched him do it another way, and you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. They were in a, they, listen, don't minimize the bad places the children of Israel were in. We're reading this here, you know, about 3,500 years later going, well, yeah, of course God does that, right? But uh, don't worry, there might be a generation in the millennial reign of Christ that says about us, you doubted this? Why would you doubt that, right? Yeah. They were in a really bad place, but God, God showed up. I'm going to stop there today. Yeah. If you're in a bad place today, nobody knows about it. Right? You're just in a really tough place today. Can I tell you, can I tell you this? Go forward. Wait on God. Wait, you told me to stand still and go forward? Yeah. Going forward is meaning you're not going back to the world. Standing still means you're not going to do anything until you wait on God to do it. Right? Like a bad decision. Yeah. If you're in a bad place today, God has brought you here. You say, well, I did it all on my own. It was my own dumb fault. Yeah, and he still brought He allowed you to do that, and he brought you there. Yeah. Don't, don't turn around. Don't lay out a church. Don't stop giving. Don't put the Bible aside. Don't, don't stop calling and handing out tracts. No, just don't stop living. Don't stop living uh, the Christian life. Don't stop living. Go forward in faith, and I'm telling you, God will show up. He will. How do you know that? Because He's allowed it to happen. Now, we could maybe question God if it was just God didn't catch it coming. Oh, oh man. Whew. They're in a bad spot, and I didn't even see that. Okay, now I've got to back up and think, what are we going to do about this? <laughs> right? Yeah, I'd get nervous if that was how God worked. Right? But He allowed it, which means if He allowed it, He has a purpose in it. If He has a purpose in it, He has a plan in it. Trust Him. Trust Him. Our Father, thank You today. Thank you. The constant re reminder, I'm so thankful that we get, that you know that we're but dust. You know, oh God, that we are frail at times. And Lord, would you help us to move forward and push forward in what you're trying to do in our life, that we trust you, that you would be glorified in every aspect, and that we would glorify you, Lord, at every move that you make in our life. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll meet up here again in just about 10 minutes.